0: In this episode of She Rocks Global, Maka and I spent some time with Inya from Nigeria. She's a social entrepreneur who describes herself as a happy girl. This filmmaker is a powerhouse. We talk about mentoring, she tells us what it means to live with dyslexia, and she declares that one day she will be a zillionaire. Enjoy. Hi, Inya, I am so excited to be seeing you and seeing your face. You're obviously recording this episode of Rocks Global virtually, and I am just so happy to have Maka with me as well. And we're going to be sharing and learning and discovering and hopefully laughing a little bit with you. And so, Inya, let's get straight into it. Please, can you tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: Okay. You know, when people ask me to say, to talk about myself, I think, okay, don't put business into it because whenever I'm describing myself, um, business always goes right (laughs) in straight. But yeah, about Inya, I would say about Inya and then I will um, talk about what I do in terms of who I am. I see myself as a social entrepreneur um, because I believe that um, with everything I do, there needs to be an aspect um, of giving back. You know, to it. So, Inya is a social entrepreneur. I'm Nigerian. I'm a very happy African, (laughs) happy African girl, (laughs) happy African girl. And yeah, um, talking about what I do, I'm a producer. Um, I run a company called Ascent Studios. Um, Ascent Studios has a talent management arm where we manage um, producers, directors, and actors from Africa and its diaspora and then we have a production arm as well that does um, production of film and TV and then um, I also do consultation Um, so we have the consultation arm that caters to the needs of other companies so we we consult for uh, mostly VOD platforms so video on demand the likes of um, yeah different you know video demand yeah So, um, yeah. So in a nutshell, that's who I am. On the other side, um, I also run two NGOs. One is catering to women. Um, So um, the NGO is to um, empower and and it's for empowerment, mentorship and training um, for women and youth. And then the other one is to foster growth in creative children. So um that's why if you pull all that together, it's just easy to say, My name is Inya and I'm a social entrepreneur.
0: That's the best way to <laughs> to sum it all up. Yeah. I mean it's it's a it's a big sum. It's a big, big sum. <laughs> <laughs> Something that's just jumped out at me is that as you're talking about what you do as a social entrepreneur and you talk about your business, and interestingly enough, you then talk about the other side, which is the NGO. Mm-hmm. What happens in your mind when you separate those two and you talk about those sides um, when at some point you introduced yourself as a social entrepreneur and then you separated the sides? What is that separation about?
1: Well, when you say, when people talk about themselves, I feel like um, a lot of times uh, people expect you to um, either stick to the business side or stick to the, you know, oh, I work with NGOs. It's either people say, oh, yeah, I'm for profit or I work with NGOs. But um, the most effective thing to do as an entrepreneur, as a company, or as a CEO is to balance it. So, yes, I am the CEO of Ascent Studios, But then at the same time, I'm the founder of Ascent Studios Foundation, you know, because I believe that every um, business person should find a way that they give back. As I'm learning, I'm giving back, you know, as well. That's very important for me. And um, if you look at um, for impact companies, they're the ones that go really far. You have Bill Gates. You can see what Bill Gates is doing. Um, Even with Apple, with Google and the rest of them, there's usually a give back you know, site to companies because there's really a lot to learn and it's not by learning yourself and making the money yourself, you sort of have to, you know, teach it to others as well and grow the economy as as much as you're growing yourself because if you put back in the economy, it will come back to you.
0: Yeah.
2: I love what you're saying because I always says collaboration works. And, and but something I would like to to stand out. It's like it's the same INIA, like the one the one that manages and leads the NGOs and the ones that builds and produces films. So yeah. I would say like and I definitely agree with you. It's 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 double side. You cannot learn without like being learners the whole life, but also spilling over uh, on our communities and networks. I think it's the key. And definitely, what make you the woman you are, like uh, helping others, building bridges, uh, because that's it's a lot what you have on your plate. And I would like to ask you, uh, what made you succeed? What would be like the the ingredient of that recipe that would you would say this brought me here? What brought you
1: here, Inya? Um, To this point, so uh, I would say a lot of lessons in life. <laughs> Some painful, some happy, some discovery, Um, a mixture of realizing what the needs are in that way. So um, going into the entertainment industry, I've always wanted to be um, in the entertainment industry as young um, as 11 I knew I, I was binge watching the new Adventures of Superman as at then, <laughs> and I just thought about it and I said, oh, I wanted to be like Lois Lane, live in my own apartment by myself and be successful at what I do. <laughs> it was really funny, but you know that that started it kicked off my dream. I was a very active child and creative child, and I remember at age eleven or twelve, same year, I went to my dad and said, Dad, I want to own a TV station. And he laughed, he laughed at me so much because he I mean, he couldn't imagine what would make a young girl, you know, just walk up to him and say, and then he asked me, he said, wait, do you mean you want to have a segment at a TV station?" I said, no, I want to own a TV station. And I remember him laughing again. He was laughing so hard he was crying. Uh, my mom noticed that I was really serious <laughs> and my mom called me outside and said, you know what, don't mind him, don't worry, you can be whatever you want to be. And he, he was saying, yeah, I mean, you can't, but he just didn't get it, you know. And I remember at that point I kept saying, I'll prove you wrong, I'll succeed at this and then you, you'd you see it as well. So I went on, the closest thing that I could think of is um, studying theatre arts. I thought, let me study theatre arts and see how it gets me into the entertainment industry. And that's what I did. Eventually, I gravitated towards um, film. Um, And then I met a friend online who was an actor. And I just kept asking him, what have you done? What have you done? And he told me all he had done. And I said, well, there's really no one pushing this. You know, Um, OK, I'll manage you. Even I didn't know what management, talent management was when I said I would manage you because everyone needs to know, you know, how good you are. And that's how I started talent management. And from there, doing my masters, I did a background in you know, film business, and I went into the talent management um, industry. So most of my journeys or everything I've gone through from one step to another, each time that I create a section of my company is because I see the need you know, in someone having it. You know, at that time, talent management wasn't popular, Um, So I went into it it was difficult, but yeah, succeeded at that, at least to, you know, start up the company. And then it got to the point where um, it felt like my talents weren't being casting films that we wanted to be in. And I decided, you know what, we can produce films ourselves. We can actually function as a studio. And that's how come I started the production company. And it also got to the point where I thought, wow, um, a lot of these hurdles that I've gone through, there, there must be a way to give that back. And then um, luckily I got, because I got to the point where I was stuck and I was like, hmm, I need a mentor, but I can't find the kind of mentor that I need, you know, um, right there in Nigeria. So I need to find a way to 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 reach out to people who have gone ahead of me. And um, I confided in my personal contact at the US consulate. And he said, you know what? We may actually have a program that you'd be interested in. He told me to apply, he supported me. And that's how come I went for the Fortune Most, most Powerful Women Um, program I was selected for that paired with Goldman Sachs and oh my god the women leaders at Goldman Sachs, Sachs mentored me and I just felt like yes so okay now I get it now I get what I need to do and then that for me gave birth to ascent studios foundation and then before then (laughs) before then i was thinking about my journey as a child and i thought hmm my dad didn't understand me because he didn't understand the you know um what would you call it now the prospects in the entertainment industry he didn't get it how can we make parents get it and for me that led me to creating um, africa children's creative network which is the second Um, one that is fostering you know creative um, talents in children so everything that I've done so far is based on need I see a need around me I'm like okay why don't I create something you know that will fill that need and that's how come everything has come
0: together yeah So you're an entrepreneur through and through yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) yeah For me in this conversation, it's interesting because your book ended this conversation with the the two thoughts that I had as well, which is you talk about this moment when your father laughed at you as a little girl.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And then you also then talk about the moment when you encountered the woman of Goldman Sachs who mentored you. Mm -hmm. Are you able to contrast those feelings if there is any contrast? What did Inya feel when her dad laughed until he cried? And what did Inya feel when she walked into that room with those mentors at Goldman Sachs?
1: Um, when he laughed, I didn't take it personally. I just thought, yeah, let me show you what I can do. And it's funny because recently, when we went, when I went on the on the program and I returned, he welcomed in. He was like, oh my god, I want to hear about it. And then I reminded him, you know, what had happened. He couldn't even remember. He couldn't remember. He was like, oh my god. And then he said, oh my god, I'm so sorry. It's because I don't understand, you know. And I said, yeah, 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 yeah. I get it. It's just, you know, growing up with, you know, the African background people were meant to either be doctors or lawyers or accountants and if it wasn't you know one of those professional so-called professional jobs you were not doing anything with your life do you get what I mean and I feel like maybe the people I encountered later in life who mentored me may not have had the same this understanding they have now may not have had it then as well it's just over time we've gone to prove that yes, you can make a living out of this. And if it's properly structured, it's also a way of life. And then don't also force people who are meant to be creative. I can come up with five film ideas at one sitting, you know, and this is who I am. This is what I do, but then put me in a hospital and I will zone out in like one second, you know, in that way. So this is, it's also a thing where we need to, you know, sort of realize the potential in a child and realize that we don't always have to be in the same sector so if I think about it I felt like when I got to Goldman Sachs I feel like oh my god everything what I said to myself was everything is going to change from here on that was what I said to myself and it has it has so then setting me up with a business consultant, I was able to find you know, my growth opportunities. I was able to find realized opportunities around me that I had not even noticed. And I, I thought to myself, this is the sort of fostering you know, that I need um, to give because I received. And then <laughs> once I was done with that program, I also created something like that for Sense Studios Foundation that people in my industry can sort of benefit from. And that's, that's what I'm pushing at the moment. So, yeah, it was, uh, I think to me, at that point, it was more of a child who said, I will prove you wrong and I will show you how it's done, You're, you know. And then when I got to Goldman Sachs, it was like, OK, yes, I'm here. I feel like things are finally going to change and it's finally going to happen. And I'm glad I did that with women as well.
0: Yeah. Great. So, you are to be happy African girl. I love the idea of a happy African girl. At the same time, I want to know what frightens the happy African girl that is in you. What frightens me? Yes. Um, hmm. Okay, let me think about that. What
1: frightens me? Um, I think the first thing that frightens me is lo- um, losing anyone close to me. That's like an obvious, yeah, fright I have. Fear of death for everyone, anyone around me. Because I have a close knit family and I love them to death. But then when you talk about the world, I think the world frightens me. Um, and yeah, and the reason I say that is um, I'm very, I'm dyslexic. So by nature, I'm very pictorial. I can imagine things. I can see things. So you see an accident um, on the road. I see people with body parts on the floor. That's That's the first thing that comes to mind. So I'm extremely... You know imaginative and i you know just looking at the world sometimes and looking at the issues we're having right now i can't but think about where we're going in the future like where this would be i always imagine okay in 20 years if we're having this issue now what will happen in 20 years and maybe that's also good because that also sets me you know in the position where i'm thinking what can i do to help what can i do to get things better you know, but yeah, the world frightens me. Um, people frighten me sometimes. Um, the minds of people frighten me sometimes. Um, I'm not intimidated by anyone. It's just the ability of humans, right? To, to, um, to, be, to be as wicked as they, <laughs> they are sometimes frightens me because I'm thinking, how can one human hate another so much? And, you know, they're able to do this to their fellow human beings. Why are we cheating each other? Um, in that way and for me I feel like that frightens me and then the the height of everything is the fear of not being successful doing all this and making all these efforts and not being at the you know at the point where I want to be because I am not even near where i want to be so I, I think if you think about all the things that you know um all the things that frighten me they all come together because if the world is fright- frightening me then maybe i'm thinking okay i need to reach this point if we continue this way maybe that will hinder my growth and hinder the growth of others you know as well so yeah in a, in a nutshell that is yeah the the whole yeah the whole picture uh, thanks for
2: your honesty, and I want to go back to that thing you said about success with Zoya and with Noavisa. Uh, one of the the the, wh- the why's why we are doing this. It's also about uh, success and what it's to be successful. Because we believe each, especially women, we have different de- definitions of success. So I would like to ask you, and and also because you're an entrepreneur, you you're 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 frightened but still you're not intimidated as you said and you keep on solving problems and i think that's you have in common (laughs) with us we find some needs or spaces where we need something needs to be done and we go ahead and try to solve the problem so i would like you to and use this space also to talk to all our audience although those females that are listening what is success for you especially as being a woman does that that change or 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 makes you think rethink your definition
1: of success Um, well, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that the definition of success is different for everyone. And I feel like mine may not be a popular um, one that everyone would think. Um, I think for me, the number one success um, definition that I would say is to get to the, you know, the greatest height that I can get to in business. I want to be in power, right? I want to get to the point where I'm able to drive things, control things, and at the same time, um, influence things, right? Um, a lot of people shy away from that. They're thinking, oh, yeah, it's when I give back. But you need to be in that position before you can give back effectively, you know? So I'm driving it all the way up. I want to be a billionaire. If there's a trillionaire and zillionaire and ex whatever that is, I want to be that, you know? But at the same time, As you see, my journey um, there is also taking people along with me, right? So it's not just about me. It's me being in a position where I'm able to, you know, drive and influence, you know, change. Because you you need a level of power. And that's, that's what, you know, with women listening, for me, that's what I would say. Don't be shy. Um, about success. Don't be shy about what you're good at. Don't be shy to put yourself out there and say, yeah, I love to make money. I love to be um, successful. I love to be in a position of power. I love to call the shots because I love to. Um, And and this is, you know, this may also be the difference between us and men because men will call it like right away, but women are more, oh no, you know, shying away from that. But no, I would love that. Um, but then at the same time, I want to also be I want to look at the different aspects, whether it's uh, entertainment, the different industries, entertainment, agriculture, aeronautics, every industry that you're looking as many as possible. And I want to be able to say I'm able to influence something in all this, you know, industries. Do you understand that level of you know, success? It's when, think about, I will go back to Microsoft. Everybody uses Microsoft, do you get what I mean? Everybody, you know, would use that product, whether, no matter what industry that you're in. So I want to get to that level where whatever I'm doing and whatever I'm doing, I am succeeding at it with my definition of success. But at the same time, the people around me are moving along with me and I'm able to influence growth and influence
0: change in that way. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I love it. I, I just, I want to go home now. I'm done. Cheers. <laughs> and I think, yeah, I mean, I don't even want to add too much to that, but this, this word power for me is, it's the thing. It's the thing where you're owning it and you are power. And for me, what I think is really interesting is that part of, as you were describing to us what success is, you also spoke about putting yourself out there. And so putting yourself out there in your power are you able to share with us what are you currently dealing with right now as a challenge what's challenging you right now
1: um there's always the imposter syndrome right that you go through when you're putting yourself out there when you feel like oh you still remember yourself as that child who was the or that that student who was still struggling and then there's certain things that you're controlling right now you're thinking hmm, who am i and I learned something because once we arrived on the Fortune program, the first thing they told us was, look, it's, it's very likely that you feel like an imposter when you're about to meet your uh, mentors, because these are people in the Fortune 500 um, um, companies. And I did feel that way. I I showed up my first day and I felt like running back to my hotel. <laughs> and then when I got there and they told me that at the end of my mentorship, I would present to the group of leading women um, in, in at Goldman Sachs. I thought to myself, who am I? But I, I love the fact that, you know, um, the whole pro- program was captured. And I love that I have photos. So now that photo, I've made it my... Uh, my screen, my uh, screensaver, you know, at every point. And that screensaver reminds me of, you know, who I am. It reminds me each time I feel like, oh, what am I doing? Because whether we like it or not, as an entrepreneur, you'd have times that aren't wonderful, um, times when business would not go well. And each time I look at that picture, I feel like that was me. You know, that was me and that's still me. It's not It's not a different person. So that, yeah, takes me back to that moment. But when it comes to challenges, it's the usual challenge that everyone would have, um, whether it's, um, I mean, funding is getting way better because I've been positioned now to be able to receive that. Um, But then that's getting way better. But also um, carving a niche for yourself, you know, in an industry, especially my industry that is evolving, we're evolving. So Everyone is just really trying to figure it out. You know, it's not like we have a steady way. Like Hollywood has a, you know, a laid down way and you know a structure that they would go through. But with my industry, we're still building the structure. And being a part of that building, you make mistakes sometimes, and then you get it right. Sometimes you get it wrong. Um, and I, I, I feel like yeah. Out of being, you know, feeling like an imposter sometimes. When sometimes when people reach out, even when you guys said you wanted to interview me, I was thinking, what do you need from me? What do you want to hear from me? <laughs> what do you want? What would you learn from me? You know. But then that's the, that's the feeling. And I would always say to people, I have my my close friends who, whenever they try to get out of spots like that, I'm like you're doing it again, I will always remind you when you're doing it. And I I always tell them, remind me when a big opportunity comes one came recently and i almost turned it down not because i wasn't able to do it but because i just felt oh my god this is huge you know and that can automatically make you run away from opportunities because it is huge, but then what I do is I tell myself, I calm myself, I say, "You are that girl. You are it. You're the, you know, the billionaire, trillionaire, zillionaire that you're. You know, you say you want to be, and you will make a change. You didn't come to this world just for nothing. You came here to make a change." So I sort of tell myself, self, you know, I will assure myself, and then
0: I would, um, yeah, just strive on and do it. Just do it. Amazing, amazing. Yeah. So- <laughs> I mean, as we start wrapping up this conversation and, you know, talking about striving and obviously imposter syndrome and that kind of thing, I'm going to turn that on its head and then ask the other question is, what makes you rock? I love music and I love to
1: dance. Um, I would say... (laughs) The number one thing is, you know, for me, music is something that inspires me and can change my mood from all I need to do, even when I'm feeling like, you know, whether I'm down or I feel like an imposter, all I need to do is just wear my, my earphones. And I have that playlist of, you know, assuring myself songs that will assure me. I love to dance. I have a background in dance. I ran a dance studio when I was in Sweden, side by side being a talent manager. Um, so yeah, dance. For me, dance makes me strong, and in family, um, there's nothing you know better than having my family. I love my family because they've got my back. These are people who, I don't even need to say anything. All I need to say, oh, someone did me wrong. That who is that, who is that, who did that? So I'm from a, a big family where, um, where nine kids and um, eight girls and a boy, and I'm the last girl of nine. So I've got sisters. Obviously, I've got sisters that I'm closer to, but the sisters that I'm closer to, they rock. They rock and they make me rock. You know, these are people I get goofy with. I, you know, I can play with whenever um, I feel... Um, down, but yeah, I, I would say I'm not the go out party type. Um, I'm, it, it's so it's so amazing that I would do all the things I'm doing and then become an introvert, <laughs> you know, in that way. But yeah, I love to watch movies. Oh yeah, movies, movies. Do, they do it for me. I love sci-fi movies, watching things about space, you know, about extraterrestrial. Um, transformers. Those are my kind of things because they. They, they kick my brain up, you know, just I, there's just something about watching special effects that, you know, my brain starts to work again. It starts to you know become active again. So, yeah, those are the things. So, yeah, dance, singing, spending time with family, watching movies and most of all for me, praying, knowing that, you know, I can pray, I can talk to God. And um, I feel like someone is listening um, to things that I can't even share with you know, fellow humans, fears that I can't share, whether it's from feeling, um, um, what's the word? Um, what's the word when it's not about, in, no, I'm never insecure. Um, feeling um, vulnerable, right? That's the word. So whether you're feeling vulnerable, I can always say things to God. There's some things I'll say to my sister, they'll be like, what? Your mother and dad, what's wrong with you? But I don't want that answer. I want to be able to tell God, you know, how I feel without hearing, you know, that feedback. So, yeah,
0: those are the things that, yeah, make me rock. That's incredible. And I love the fact that when Maka would agree with me, the word vulnerability seems to come up quite a lot in many of the conversations that we have on the She Rocks Global podcast. And so it's just incredible to know that as women from all over the world, We're actually all sitting in different parts of the world, different contexts. We have different lived experiences. And yet we experience the same themes. And we actually sit with the same questions and sometimes sit with the same answers. And so thank you so much, Enya, for coming into this conversation, for being in your power, but also bringing in vulnerability and also for being a happy African girl. So thank you so much.
1: (laughs) Thanks for having me. Thank you guys for having me. You're amazing. Thank you. Yeah.
2: Thank you, Inya. You made my day, and I'm going back oh, home with lots of
1: learnings. Thank oh, you. Oh, that's great. You guys should have me back. Just telling you, you should. I want to. We come will. Back we will. Time. You need me back right? <laughs> and have a chat again. I want to be a regular. Like, let, let's have this conversation. Let's keep having it. Where do we
2: have to sign? Where do we have to sign? <laughs> I mean, for
1: oh, that proposal. Come on. my business face when I say you guys should have me back? She like, what?
0: And also, now we've got an entire global audience that's witness to this deal. All right. Fine. <laughs> so that's great. Thank you,
2: Inya.
1: Thank you, Nwabisa. You. You.
0: You. Love you, girl. It's Thank you. Bye. She Rocks Global is a podcast collaboration produced by Makarena Botta, Nwabisa Mayema, and Zoya Kukic. This season of She Rocks Global was recorded in the American Corner Cape Town, which is also where you will find our sound engineer, T. Tikrai Gekana. Theme music for this podcast is composed and arranged through a collaboration between South African musician Nosihe and Hannah Sagasa from Germany. Mixing engineer is T. Luminous. She Rocks Global is a podcast that showcases the stories of perfectly imperfect women from around the world. Should you be or know someone whom you think we should be talking to, please contact us through our Facebook or Instagram or Twitter channels. Handle SheRocksGlobal, hashtag SheRocks. Until next time, keep rocking.